Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Friday. First Friday of 2023. Lots of stuff on the board today. Football. Good news to start the show. It's going to be a good one, especially considering the way this week started. It will thankfully be ending in a little better mood than we had at the beginning of the week. It's Chad and Zay for this Friday. I'm Chad Hastings. Joined once again by the one and only Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's poppin', Chad? Happy Friday. How you doing? I'm doing good. I got the Cowboys shirt on because there's a division to go get. Yeah. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. I watched the Hard Knocks episode last night, the latest Hard Knocks episode of the Cardinals. You know how they can make you believe in any team, even if they're losing. (laughs) I watched David Blau, the kid out of Purdue, make throws, and I thought, you know what? Maybe it's possible. Maybe he can go to San Francisco and help the Cowboys out. And maybe, just maybe, Coach Dayball is crazy enough to play everybody, and the Giants can go to Philly. And mess around with Gardner Minshew a little bit. Like three weeks ago, I'm looking forward to this game as a straight-up Cowboys ruiner. Because it's supposed to be Taylor, go get him, big game, Heineke, running the show for the Washington Commanders, leading them to the playoffs, Yep, to a hot streak, finding that rhythm. Because I know they went on a tough little streak, tying with the Giants, losing to the Giants, and then losing to the San Francisco 49ers. Then they were going to bounce back, meet the Cowboys in Week 18, ruin all the hopes that you just said of them winning the division, and I'd be a happy guy. But no! No, 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 no! Ron Rivera has to muck it all up and start Carson Wentz for one game, and he craps the bed Mm. like he did against the uh, Browns at home and gives you three interceptions and knocks you out the playoffs. But, hey, how can we blame Ron? He didn't even know they were able to get knocked out the playoffs. That's true. He didn't have the math. Yeah, Yeah. so who knows, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell knows? So, and then are you you reading it correctly for this week? They're going to start Heineke against the Cowboys, but they are also saying that Sam Howell – the kid out of North Carolina that Mac just got done coaching, he's going to play for sure? Yeah, what do you got to lose at this point? What's the point? I mean, do yeah. whatever you want. Yeah, you do t- whatever you want. Talk about a game the Cowboys have to win. Yeah. Oh, Yo, geez. I <laughs> if I'm Dan Snyder, I'm calling Ron Rivera at 12.01 on Monday, Black Monday, to let him know he's fired. Done. Yeah. We'll as see. early as waking his ass up, hopefully he'll be up because – being a stress coach, how he just blew the season at the end of the day. But, yeah, that's just what they did, what he did, bogus job. Just like every other year, uh, Black Monday will be interesting coming up on Monday. We will also be coming off of a big football weekend. Let's get you started with a couple pieces of good news. First of all, let's go to the update on DeMar Hamlin. Check this out. DeMar Hamlin's breathing tube has been removed, and he's now talking. Amazing. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Absolutely amazing. Oh, that is so good. So good. Yesterday, there was even more good news coming out in little bits and bits and bits, and now it is even more good news, great news, phenomenal news. We found out in the last couple days, as one of the doctors said, not only did he come back, but the light was on. It was him. The fact that he asked, did we win? Did you know it's that guy? Right. Right. Come, you know, that the, they said he's cognitively intact 
It's not only that he's alive. It's not only that he's able to breathe and they think he'll be okay. The fact that it's it's him and he didn't lose oxygen for a long enough period that you're going to do some serious brain damage, that's fantastic. And then the idea today, Zay, that that breathing tube comes out, that he can breathe on his own, that he can talk now. He's been writing stuff. Last couple of, he went Dick Vitale. Remember when Vitale was doing the treatments right, for cancer? Right. Had to write everything down. That'd be tough for people like you and me. We talk for a living and having to write stuff down. He's been doing that for a couple of days, squeezing hands for a couple of days. Today he's talking. That means he and his mother can talk today. That's awesome. Yeah, shout out to Cincinnati Hospital and all those doctors, and shout out to Demar Hamlin. We've been saying all week which how devastating that incident was Monday night, but you know how, how tough he is as a person, as a player. How everybody's been riding for him and thinking about him and playing for him. It's you know it's such a devastating event has in a way brought the world together. Like I see people on social media that don't know a lick about football talking about. Mm-hmm. Mar Hamlin and just thinking about their own lives and the people in their lives and you know like I said on Tuesday it's just been one of those weeks that you might want to call or text somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time because you just never know this life that we live it's beautiful but it could be very short and you just gotta cherish it every single day and so happy for Demar Hamlin so happy for his family Sean McDermott the Bills organization all the players that have been thinking about him and just having that in the back of their minds and trying to get focused for, to play against the Patriots like think about how difficult that is to do think about just you know how grueling the game of football is and think about where your body is at week 18 everybody's hurting everybody's mm-hmm. in the tub everybody's going in extra early to get extra treatment and this is a team in the buffalo bills that has super bowl aspirations so you know they hopefully this is going to give them extra motivation to keep on going and you know that will be a storybook movie telling type of uh story if they were to win the championship which would be absolutely amazing but yeah it's been tough on everybody and that's amazing uh, news that Damar Hamlin was able to FaceTime his teammates and to tell them that he loves them. Oh, that's just so great. Yeah, it's it's incredible to to think of the where this has been since that was Monday night. That yeah. was Monday night that that happened. The the recovery potential, the recovery ability uh, for his body, the medical personnel involved, uh, all those thoughts and prayers and positive thought and I just hope somebody I don't need it to be filmed. I just hope somebody films it when they tell him that foundation's got $7 million in it. Right. <laughs> I hope somebody films it when they let him know. Um, one other thing there before we leave that story, we do have good news for you if you're a Longhorn football fan, but let's say the name Denny Kellington a couple times today. Denny is the Bills trainer that apparently performed CPR on Hamlin two different times, both on the field and once they were when they were getting into the hospital wow that he stepped up a couple different times administered CPR and they believe he is one of the people that literally saved his life so shout out to uh, to Denny shout out to all those trainers out there that's one of those positions they and you could probably speak on this a little bit too as a, for, a former player, uh, certainly at the high school level. But once you get up into that college pro level, especially, but even in high school too, the trainers are sometimes pe- the trainers, the doctors and stuff. They seem they're kind of in the background most of the time. They're just there waiting. But when they get when they have to spring into action so quickly, 
and it's done right and it's organized, they become those superheroes. And uh, that's going to be a moment, too, when Denny Kellington and Damar Hamlin get together for the first time, whether it's maybe you know Kellington's able to go to the hospital and see him or, or whatever. But that's going to be an emotional moment, too, because the dude literally saved his life, maybe twice. Yeah, I was pretty tight with our trainer at Bowie, Mike Patrick, who is now retired. You, you become tight with him because you're in there all the time, whether it's to get taped up, you know, you jam a finger to get ice you're in the training room all the time so you do build a pretty good relationship with them as a player so yeah that's amazing that they were so ready to just get into work mode and that they helped save DeMar Hamlin's life that's pretty incredible yeah big time stuff all right so the NFL's also decided what they're going to do in terms of that Bills Bengals game and some playoff stuff they're going to have a big vote on that today we will get to that but we also do have some good news for you if you are a Longhorn football fan. And you can check out the story and the tweets associated with it at hornfm.com. But earlier this morning, a man named Jordan Whittington, who, by the way, is at J underscore Wit 3 if you want to give him a follow, he decided to do it this way. He tweeted, I'll be returning in 2023. Hook em emoji, hashtag hook em. That's what I'm talking about. Sweet and to the point. That's what I'm talking about, man. He understands that, you know, his tenure at the University of Texas hasn't been fulfilled like he thought it would be. When he was coming out of Quero, Texas, he was such a highly touted player, but he did so much for that team, like kick return, punt return. I want to say he played a little bit of defense, wide receiver running back, and his usage rate was out the yin-yang where it might have been – too much. Was that a championship game or a semifinal? Championship. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, oh. we, we talk Bucky Gobble. He's always talked about, you know, especially being a running back coach. When guys come in from, you know, some of these small Texas towns, these running backs come in, they're like, they're, their body is just like, it needs to catch <laughs> up to the college game because yeah. they've taken so much of a workload. They've been beaten up so much. And I think that's been the case for Jordan Winnington. Yes, we know about the weightlifting and all that stuff. But last this past year was the first year he's been truly healthy, and he was productive when he got the ball. One of the big moments that stands out for me was the Oklahoma game when he had that beautiful diving catch. That's kind of when yep. I knew, it was like, oh, man, this guy is here. This dude is for real. And he got hyped in that game, and the horns went on to skunk them boys 49-0. So him coming back for its fifth year, that adds some much-needed depth to a really good uh, wide receiver room that we got off. Already, we know Xavier Wordy had that tough game in the Alamo Bowl, but you know he's going to look to bounce back. Number one's going to come in next year, highly motivated, also, especially with how he looked in that Alamo Bowl. Isaiah Nair, hopefully, he's healthy enough to play and be productive. And then you got guys like Jontae Cook and Ryan Niblett coming to the forty, also. So yeah, I, I, I love this decision by Jordan Winnington and him and Quinn Ewers. Their connection and chemistry it's only going to get better, but. At the end of the day, Steve Sarkeesian, they got to utilize him more. If they yeah. do that, then the Horns would be a better offense. If they did it the way they did this past year, then, you know, in a way for Jordan Winnington coming back, it, it will, won't be, I want to say pointless, but I, I wouldn't appreciate that. I, hadn't, I wouldn't have thought about it until you just said that. But, yeah, when he leaves ultimately now, I'm glad he's coming back. He's my kind of receiver. I love a bigger receiver, big physical receiver that's also got uh, you know, got the athletic ability to, to just such a mismatch. I love those guys that can make big catches. But 
he needs to leave not having a B. John Robinson discussion around him uh, like what we just experienced with number five. Zay, he had 50 catches on the year, 652, but in the what the hell department, one touchdown? One. Come on. That's it? Come on. Come on, Sark. Come on, fellas. Come on, I mean, Millwee, come yeah. on, Flood, come on, offensive coaches. Are you serious? Yeah, Brandon Marion, he's part of that too. Yeah, there you go. Marion, absolutely. Marion as well. Jordan Whittington coming back for Texas. So as you as I'm seeing this laid out here, that is top three receivers coming back. If you assume that Xavier Worthy and that number change is coming back, Jordan Whittington now says he's coming back. We know Jatavian Sanders is coming back. Those were your top three. Casey rec- Kane looked good receivers. in Alamo Bowl. Casey Kane made a yeah, made a, a great a couple great plays in the the bowl game and he'll be back keelan robinson will be back right keelan robinson technically is their fourth leading excuse me fifth leading receiver yeah yeah fourth. yeah k-rod will be back fourth he keelan robinson caught one more ball than Bijan robinson we, we, I'm, I'm not gonna go into I mean, we, don't, we don't need to go into all oh we just gotta stop looking at this stat sheet it's just gonna make it it's just gonna make oh, texas man. and you want to know mad. why i ain't rooting for tcu on I, monday i know it's always gonna come back to that because people keep trying to convince me Zay, they got players from the area don't you want to root for them Hell no. <laughs> Hell no, you don't. Hell no, I do not. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, our man CB says, I haven't seen this story, says Peyton Hillis is a hero uh, as well. Yeah. He's in the hospital after saving his kids from drowning? Yeah, I heard that story. Peyton Hillis, are we talking the white rhino? Yeah. That guy. One the, of the greatest one-hit wonders of all time. The Arkansas running back from back in the day. Yeah, and then he had that amazing year with the Browns. Yeah. Somehow finessed his way on the cover of Madden, and we never heard of him again. Who? What was that backfield at Arkansas? It was Hillis. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Julius played for the Cowboys. Julius. Uh, Jones? Julius Jones and. Derek uh, McFadden. And McFadden. Derek McFadden, yeah. They were in the same <laughs> backfield. <laughs> Oh, my God, that was silly. All right, uh, so, yes, uh, shout-out to those heroes. Shout-out to the the trainer, Denny Kellington, who helped DeMar Hamlin, and uh, certainly a shout-out to DeMar and his family and all the people that have helped him out. So, uh, Jordan Whittington coming back to Texas. We'll continue to follow those stories as we get closer to another college football season. we got the championship game coming up Monday night. Also, the NFL has made their choice. They're not going to play Buffalo and Cincinnati. Ultimately, I think we all can agree, schedule-wise, timing-wise, that just makes sense. They were not going to be able to figure this out. So they are voting on an idea later today. I'm not going through all of this with the competition committee because it'll take too long. But the basics are that they're setting up situations where the AFC title game could be a neutral site game. Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. If that game involves two of those teams – and based on the results of this week, you could end up with neutral site AFC championship games. You could also end up with a Ravens-Cincinnati playoff game. If the Ravens win this week, you could end up with a game where they might have to flip a coin because both of those teams are going to have a great argument for, well, wait a second, we need to be the home team because. So they may have to flip a coin there, Zay. I just need to make sure NFL Network or somebody uh, televises this. Because I am a sicko. I will watch that coin flip. Oh, yeah, I'll watch it, too. Let's make sure we put that on television. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we need somebody who flips it with a strong thumb. We need (laughs) a good flip. Yep, good flip. Uh, Absolutely. Nice hard surface to hit. Yeah, yeah. I I don't need a soft, plush carpet. No, I need the suspense. 
I want bouncing, spinning, yeah. flipping. I need all that kind of stuff going on. Absolutely. Uh, so overall, when you saw this, did everything? Does this all make sense to you based on what they're doing here? Yeah, I, I, it makes sense as much as it can. You know, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I think the Ravens they might get hosed, but hey, you got to understand there's bigger things than football at this point, and the NFL they're trying to do the best they can. So if you're destined to win a Super Bowl and make a run then you will. So I'm not really looking at it at something mm-hmm. like that. And, yeah, I think the NFL did the best they can. It is interesting. We're almost going to have a uh, – it's almost like old-school baseball before they went universal DH where you had different rules one side to the other. The NFL – excuse me, the NFC is going to have normal situations – Home, home field situations, you could have an NFC title game at a home site and an AFC title game at a neutral site, which right. is just going to be weird. Uh, but like you said, yeah, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Teams dealt with stuff during a COVID situation, and you deal with these things. The NFL has really rallied around the Bills and uh, DeMar Hamlin. And now let's see where the energy goes with that team. You mentioned how tough it's got to be for them to get back up. But this is a team that just heard from his dad on a Zoom call. And his dad said, hey, DeMar would want you guys to play. You guys need to focus back in on your goals for this season. There are things out there bigger than my son. And also, I almost started crying when Josh Allen got in front of the media and he said one of the first things that his dad said to me was, hey, my son's going to be okay. You guys have to figure out your business. My son's going to be fine. Like, he knew it, right? He was confident. So, I, I love that y'all, that y'all are caring about him, but you need to be thinking about refocusing on football as well. And now, Zay, you're telling me they've also FaceTimed with DeMar himself, and he probably said, I love you guys. Now go beat the Patriots. Whew, what kind of football team hits the field this Sunday? Right. Dressed, right. dressed in red, white, yeah, and blue. Yeah, you got to think that extra motivation will be put on the Patriots, but at the end of the day, how much were they preparing from – Tuesday, because you all, you have your NFL you know schedule. Every coach does from week to week, and it was a shortened week. So now that schedule and how you operate that accelerates. So Sean McDermott, with trying to do the normal things that they usually do with preparing for a team, now that gets pushed back just because you have to be a human and deal with this Demar Hamlin situation. So how much has that? You know, be, do, do, dealing with DeMar Hamlin, how much has that interfered with your preparation on getting ready for Bill Pelichick's New England Patriots? And also on the other side, too, the, the Patriots, how much have they been preparing for this game and not just watching like we all are right. to see, you know, DeMar Hamlin's progression and see how he's getting better each and every day. So th- there's that way to look at it. I'm definitely going to be locked in to that game. But, yeah, with what DeMar Hamlin's dad said, with what he said on FaceTime, I love Josh Allen talking about T. Higgins and say, hey, y'all need to let T. Higgins be and yeah. like actually have some empathy sympathy for him because he's going through something, too. It, you know, it must be really Really hard from, and it's really cool that Demar Hamlin's mother contacted T. Higgins, and you know, kind of comforted him and reassured him that hey, it's not your fault. You're, you know, you're good. It's gonna happen to anyone. Kind of like what his pop said, my son's gonna be all right. I don't want this to hang over your head. And T. Higgins said that in his presser, that really calmed him down and eased his mind. So, yeah, just. 
you know, with something so tragic that happened Monday night, a lot of beautiful things have came, you know, with that this past week, especially with his toy tribe, how kind of people as Americans are coming together with this. And, you know, it's there's, there's positive out of such a negative thing. Yeah. To talk about the super mom. I mean, that's just, it's amazing when parents just can find that within them for, oh. for his mother to even think of that. I would not fault her if she never thought of that. Right. But to think of calling that young man up talking to him and probably maybe saying a similar thing that the father said of like, look, he's going to be okay. He's getting better. Yeah. But most importantly, you do not need to feel like this is on you in any way. It's a football play, yeah. man. Just stuff happens. But we could all understand. T. Higgins has got to feel a little bit of, of that. Um, you know, Thankfully, we wouldn't call it survivor's guilt, but surviving that moment and walking away from it, just like a couple other players that were nearby. Like the offic- If I was that official that was right there when he fell, I'd have felt bad mm-hmm. later on. Like, oh, my God, I know it was weird, but I should have thought to catch him. I should have thought to reach out right. and, and help him not fall and bang the back of his head again. So, yeah, there's all that. But shout out to her, and, man, the Hamlin family. It seems to be a strong group right now. Yeah, very strong. And also Sean McDermott, now they have to go look at their third string safety because DeMar Hamlin, even though he's played majority of games this year, he was the backup to Michael Hyde, who Michael Hyde's one of the best safeties mm-hmm. in the NFL when healthy. He's been out the whole season. So DeMar Hamlin has done a really good job taking over his role. Now the Bills have to go look at their safety situation and say, okay, who's going to replace our you know, our big time starting safety now and which will be basically a third string guy and those shoes that that person's going to have to fill, that's going to be big. Yeah. As you're saying that, I was, uh, I decided to pull it up and see what a depth chart is telling us, but yeah, so I'm seeing names right now. DeMar is listed as uh, a third string safety. And of course out um, Micah Hyde injured reserve, Jared Maiden, uh, is listed that Jaquan Johnson right now is listed as the free safety, okay. Which would be that position, Jaquan Johnson out of Miami, sixth round pick. All right. If that dude makes a big like, <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy. if he makes the pick to win the game, like, we're, yeah. all, we're all just going to start crying on Sunday. Uh, by the way, if you want uh, some big names in the NFL with real simple scenarios, how about this? Aaron Rodgers win and you're in. Bill Belichick win and you're in. Both of them need a victory. Now, they can get in other ways, but both of them need just a win and get in for the seven seeds. How are the Patriots here? (laughs) Like, what? How did this man, because all the grief that we've been giving him about his offensive play calling and, you know, his selection and coaching and getting his coordinators, Patricia, their defensive guy, they can still have a chance to squeak their way into the playoffs with Mac Jones, dirty self, <laughs> getting them there. Yeah. Back to back after they got him there last year, his rookie year. Because yeah, he's, yeah, he's, you know, you go back and watch, you watch their games, they find a way, they're eight and eight coming into this week. And they've also been able to take advantage of situations like the Dolphins slide, the Steelers playing the way they are this year couple other teams, they've put themselves in positions now where they can get there because they've got a head-to-head win over Pittsburgh. And because they've got a division tiebreaker over Miami, they're poised to get it done. So they've been a little less average than yeah. those other two teams. Yeah, plus Ryan Tannehill, I know he's no Dan Marino, but with him at the helm other than Malik Willis and now what Joshua Dobbs, yeah, that's kind of... 
That's of the Tennessee yep. get knocked out and put them where they are. Yep, because they're one game behind. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Tennessee's also, another one to mention. Also, when you talked about the Arkansas running back and play for the Cowboys, Felix Jones, not Julio Jones. Felix, not Julio. You're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. Julio was I like, knew it was Jones. Yeah, Julio was like Notre Dame or yes. something, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Felix Jones was the, the – Felix Jones. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're yeah. right. Thank you, Specs Text Line. Y'all lit us up on that one. Yes, thank you. As time goes on, I realize <laughs> I just don't know names. I don't know names anymore. I used to know. You guys are going to need to help us out on all these things. All right, so we got all that going on in football. We also need to get into a little basketball. Don't worry, Longhorn fans. We won't go too far into the Chris Beard part of the story, but that basketball team's got to bounce back and go play in Stillwater. Up next, Zay will tell you about the Cowboys they're going to face. We will get you the right call segment coming up as we preview Texas on the hardwood. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Good boundary line song for you. If you hear this song, do you lean forward or do you lean back? Do you make sure your doors are locked or do you think, oh yeah. Now that's some Rolling Stones I can get my arms around. Paint it black by the Rolling Stones. Zay, you in? Yeah, this is a jam. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like this song too. This is another song. It's not heavy metal. This is a song that gives you that the beginning feelings that right. lead you to heavy metal. It's got a darkness to it that I really like. A little darkness, a little anger from the stones in this one. Paint it black. Never gets old. It reminds me of uh, my former co-host, Trey Elling. Trey Elling is a Rolling Stones basher from way back. Really? He's never really fully grabbed onto the stones, and I always try to get him to certain stone songs. Like, dude, go <laughs> listen to this album. Go listen to that one. But he's always loved Paint It Black. Huh. That one he always comes back to. So uh, shout out to Trey Elling out there. Trey Elling. At Courtesy Wave, if you want to follow him on Twitter, still doing all those great interviews, booksonpod.com. He'll always be a part of uh, a part of my radio family as far as I'm concerned. He is, Same. Uh, he is one crazy bastard, but I do love me some <laughs> Trey Elling. I do love me some Trey Elling. Uh, all right. Uh, and, uh, and we just love this uh, DeMar Hamlin story. It just keeps getting better and better. A lot of positivity around that story right now. We updated you there. Also, positivity if you're a Longhorn football fan, Jordan Whittington coming back next year. Real quick, before we talk basketball, let's make sure we're clear, because I think Zay and I each mispronounced or screwed up a name like five times in that last segment. So, Felix Jones is the running Felix back. Felix Jones. That's who we were trying to think of. Yes. I, th- I think I said Julius Jones, who was the running back that went to Notre Dame. And then you may have said Julio Jones, <laughs> who was the running of uh, the receiver, receiver for Bama that went to Bama. So let's Future make, Hall of Famer. That is true. Let's make sure we're clear. <laughs> we were discussing the backfield that included Felix Jones, Darren McFadden, and the white rhino Peyton Hillis, because apparently Peyton Hillis just jumped into water and saved his children from drowning. You talk about a, pa- a super parent. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Hope that Scary, uh, hope that family's doing well and can just have a nice, normal, boring day today uh, together. So all that is going on. Let's make sure we correct that. Thank you on the Specs text line. Always keeping us straight. 337-3776. All right, let's talk some basketball, Zay. This team now has to go play, and they knew they had to go play anyway. They'd been playing without Chris Beard around, kind of not knowing, and now they know. Now they know for sure that Chris Beard's not going to be their coach for the rest of the season, and they know who is going to be their coach for the rest of the season. It's Rodney Terry. 
Their first game is in Stillwater, 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. Let's get to what we need to know here and uh, the right call segment, Zay. What do we need to know about these Cowboys? Yeah, the right call segment brought to you by Syntex Tickets. Go to SyntexTickets.com for sports tickets, theater, concerts, stand-up. I saw a few really good shows and stand-up coming up. You know, Moody Center is great for live shows and stuff. It's popping there. Go to SyntexTickets.com for all your tickets here in the ATX outskirts, San Marcos, anywhere you want to go in Texas, hell, anywhere you want to go outside of Texas, go to SyntexTickets.com. Yeah, Chad, with Chris Beer officially being fired yesterday, it seems like this Texas basketball team, I don't know if it's a weight lifted off their shoulders, but it does allow you to just focus on basketball and not worry about that cloud that's been hanging over the uh, university since December 12th. And Coach Terry, you know, I've heard all the shows talk about and everybody on the Specs text line and everybody on social media talk about, okay, who do we need to go get next? And, you know, I'm I'm not going to lie to you, Coach Terry. He, he's family. I love him to death. I'm proud of him. I want him to do a good job. But I'm not naive to those things. I know he has to do a good job this year, And but there's so many things going against him. Like, if Texas does bad with everything that they've had to deal with this year, whether they lose first round in the tournament, hell, whether they don't make it to the tournament. They got another one tomorrow. If this Oklahoma State team beats them, then it's kind of like a uh-oh moment because this team should be at the bottom of the Big 12. Mm. They're right now 9-5. Okay. and five. What we saw the other night against Kansas State, that's a little troubling and worrisome moving on, but you know, Coach Terry, he does not, he has a lot going against him and he's going to have a lot to prove with this team or whether he gets and keeps the job or CDC thinks that he is capable of handling this team here on out moving forward uh, here at the University of Texas. We will see, but it starts tomorrow. And that Oklahoma State team that they got, they got to play in Stillwater. This is a tough ball club. They had Kansas down by 15 and blew the game in the second half. And if you go watch the end of that game, they kind of got hosed hmm. at the end of that game. But You're saying they, they led by 15? They led by 15. At Allen Fieldhouse. At Allen Fieldhouse. Okay. Yeah, and then they beat Bob Huggins' team the other night. So Mike Boynton, he's a Brooklyn native, and this team plays like it. They're a scrappy group. Bryce Thompson's their leading scorer. He's averaging 13 a game. Right now he's shooting 40% from three. He has the ultimate green light and a ton of confidence. Avery Anderson, it seems like he's been at Oklahoma State forever. He's not having as it good does. as, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> with the, yeah, with the headband coming out of that Dallas yep, area. Yep. His best season was that season with Cade Cunningham. Like it's K. Oh, right, right. It's K. Cunningham. He's the former number one pick. Like, of course, he's going to make everybody better. So he's only averaging twenty a game. John Michael Wright, a High Point University transfer, played for uh, Tubby Smith at High Point. He's solid and he is stocky and he is tough. He plays point for them. I'm guessing he's going to be on Marcus Carr tomorrow. He's long. He's athletic and he's going to look to make things grimy. So it's going to be another Big Twelve tough game for the Horn. 
Longhorns on the road. And yeah, after giving up 116, that, that's troublesome. But you got to look at the positive. They put up 100 themselves. Tyrese Hunter, he got out of his slump and hit about six threes yeah. and had 29 points. Marcus Carr, he continues to have a great shooting season, averaging 18 a game. It's just on that defensive side. Now, you know, the formula for these teams on the scouting report is you got to attack the bigs. Dylan DeSue, not the best laterally. Once he gets out to that three-point mark, Kansas State was doing a lot of two high post screens, high ball screens, where it forced the can uh, the Texas big men to come out, especially with the way Kansas State was shooting it. I don't know if Oklahoma State will be able to shoot that thing like that, but hey, we'll see how the D is tomorrow. I'm a big believer in points in the paint, even in this era of basketball, because even this era, I know there's a lot of threes, but a lot of times there's a lot of easy buckets too. That's what Texas has got to worry about on defense, giving up too much easy stuff, man. Yeah. Kansas State went right at them and was able to produce those. So uh, I am interested to see if, you know, can Marcus Carr keep this thing going? The 41-point effort, you can't count on that every night, but the beginning of that K-State game, it didn't feel like he was quite in the rhythm, but by the end of that game, he was there. 27, I think, yeah. for him in the last game. Now you got to go on the road. We keep saying it, but everybody remember that, what Norman felt like last week, even though they said, well, they're not in school yet. It won't be a crazy, it won't be a sellout. It, won't, it may not have been an actual sellout. It was a nut house, though. They yeah. were ready to go. These fans hate Texas. Can't they stand them. They will be waiting outside, and I'll keep asking this one. What are they going to say to those players Ooh, after this Chris Beard story yeah, hit this week? What are right. the what are the signs going to say before they confiscate them? And the one thing they can never take from a from a group of students, what are they going to chant? I was just thinking of a couple of them on my way in. I'm not going to repeat them, but come on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you're uh, 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 <laughs> you take that little rhythm and you can put a lot of stuff in there that involves oh, the word Chris, yo, they, Coach, Beard, and all kinds of they've stuff. They've been preparing for this even before he got fired yesterday. All the yeah. Big Twelve schools have been preparing for this ever since December twelfth happened. And hey, that's just college basketball. You gotta have tough skin. And that's why I talked about it yesterday with those upperclassmen, Serge Abari Rice, Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, Brock Cunningham, Christian Bishop. And watch Christian Bishop. Remember, he got hurt in the Kansas State game landed real funny on his tailbone trying to dunk somebody in the hoop. So I don't know how healthy he will be or even if he'll get the uh, chance to play tomorrow. But, yeah, I you got to be able to lock up on D. One thing about Texas, Chad, and the way that they try to play defense – if you're going to overplay passing lanes and try to deny the ball and you're not going to play solid on-ball defense, which playing overly tight defense off-ball allows really bad help defense, really good teams, they get out of those dangerous situations because they're built a lot taller and longer than Texas and more athletic. So they could get beat on a back door and cover ground and still contest the shot because they're they long can, and athletic. Texas they can cover is not, the back end. Texas is yeah. not that. They're not athletic enough to do right. that. I thought they were, and that's why I said I was still disappointed in Dylan Mitchell's game the other night. He's going to have to come along with it. Like he, his defense should be there. We talked to Justin Wells the other day, and he was talking about his defense. He's not a defensive player. Uh, why the hell not? <laughs> like what? 
The NBA is looking at you right now and saying, yo, man, you got to be able to play D. You're way too athletic and way too talented to not be a defensive threat. I'm not saying he's not going to get beat off the dribble every once in a while. He's a freshman. He's inexperienced. It's going to happen. But him being a big-time five-star player, 6'8", being able to jump out the gym like he does, being as quick as he is, he should be able to lock in on defense and be a lot better than what he's putting on. And I expect him to be a lot better defensively tomorrow. Early morning tip in Stillwater there at Gallagher. I have a 10.30 pregame for you, 11 o'clock tip. That means our Saturday shows will be cut short a little bit. Special edition of Big Ugly Tailgate will roll till 10.30. No uh, high ground show for you, no revved up, and no Tyler Campbell this week, unfortunately, because of basketball. But be sure to check out that Big Ugly show from 8 to 10.30. Our man Johnny Rogers. TCU grad Johnny Rogers. Yeah, man. He's been in LA for a couple days getting ready for his Horn Frogs. He's going to call into that show. And if he can remember, we're going to try to get a hold of him on Monday. Round. If he can remember. I asked, I said, hey, man, what about 1230 our time on Monday? Like, you know, but that's 10 o'clock. It's 1030 local. He said, no, that's cool. Our party starts at 10 a.m. Yeah. Our pre party. Yeah, I love Johnny Rogers. Man, we keep finding these Westlake guys that I like. It's getting re- it's getting really freaking ridiculous. But Johnny Rogers, that's my man. Great football mind, great sports mind. Great show with him and Casey every Saturday. And, you know, just great football family. His brother is the assistant coach for the Arizona Cardinals. So it's going to be interesting to ask him yeah. about that and how his brothers dealt with this really uh, underachieving mm-hmm. season that the Cardinals are having. Who knows what's going to happen with Cliff Kingsbury's job. We know you just talked about watching hard knocks you know he's been on that so it would be nice to get johnny's perspective on not only tcu but also what's going on with his brother and plus another tcu grad colonel craig flowers colonel flowers that's right yeah and yeah he i I texted both of those guys congratulations because it's one thing being in a fan base that has expectations and blue blood status and all that stuff when you're in a fan base like that and your football team's about to play for a national title that is so special. Yeah. Like you talk about a fan base that needs to go to LA and buy every t shirt they find, it's TCU fans. Buy the double helmet shirt. I would tell most fan bases <laughs> not to. Y'all need to buy that. Y'all go out there in your purple and you buy everything you can find. Pre game, and you hope you win it, obviously, but you need to soak that up because that may be, you may, it may be like a deathbed moment for you. We go, man, remember when TCU went and played Georgia for the national title? Yeah. Even if they lose the thing, that is a hell of an accomplishment for them. So, uh, congrats to the TCU fans. I still don't know if I'm rooting for you or not. I got to let that game start to see if I'm rooting for that other Texas team. I know a lot of Longhorn fans aren't, but uh, for the sake of these TCU people, I hope they see what they want to, man. That's cool. I'm not. I still hope they lose. I, the only thing that's changed for me, yesterday I said I hope they get beat by 50. Now it's 60. Now you want 60? Now okay. it's 60. That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up at 1 o'clock, we'll get the Degenerates' thoughts on things. Brandon Lang of BrandonLang.com. What does he think of the championship game? TCU plus 12 and a half, somewhere in there. Does he like that or does he like the Georgia side? We'll talk NFL with him. Jeff Ketchum of Orange Bloods coming up at 2 to talk about the Chris Beard situation and Jordan Whittington and some other stuff. Up next, though, in the crap bag, I had to throw these two stories in. A soccer mom story on the international level. And if you haven't heard this Dana White story, it's going to sound like I'm making it up on the horn. Skies. And I wait.
My man's got pipes. I don't recognize him, but he's got pipes. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, we got an anthem going here. Play this for the Bills walking out on the field on Sunday. <laughs> Fighting with DeMar Hamlin's energy behind him. I don't know. Say, who is it? Man of War? Oh, okay. I've heard of him. Don't Carry on. Oh, and now we're getting after it. Yeah. Okay. Man of War. Yeah, one of those bands that was kind of in the time period that led to what I liked, but I never really got into them. They were one of those foundational bands for the bands I liked. Yeah, their album cover looks like a spinoff of Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> yes, that is the vibe I get from the song, too. Man of War and the Rolling Stones. That doesn't get played together very often, but... You just wait around. Zay will put all kinds of stuff together for you. Chad and Zay on a Friday. Hope you're having a good one. Good news to start the show today. Damar Hamlin, the breathing tube is out, and he is talking. He's FaceTime with his teammates and said, love you boys. And I bet half that team started crying when he did, which is awesome. Hopefully somebody told him that Foundation's got $7 million in it now and climbing. And uh, also Jordan Whittington, going to come back and see you, Longhorn fans, and not just come and see you and wear big jewelry and stuff like yeah. that. No, he's going to actually play again. Uh, fifth year for Jordan Whittington. Thank you, Bevo. Remember, Jordan Whittington has a unique relationship with go. Bevo. Mm-hmm. They are very tight. He talks to him before every home game. So, yeah, I thank Bevo for that. Longhorn fans. They need to do like a video where they show Jordan Whittington staring at Bevo, <laughs> Bevo staring at him, and then Jordan Whittington just say, you think I should stay? <laughs> Okay, I'll stay. (laughs) That's it. Just walk away. Yeah. All right. uh, Good stuff there. Great news to start the show. Hopefully it'll be good news for that Longhorn basketball team in Stillwater. 11 a.m. is that tip tomorrow. Let's get into the crap bag. We'll see if I can explain these two crazy stories to you. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. All right. It's brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. I was not going to mention this first story, but it's just so perfect for the crap bag. I've got to try to explain it to everybody if you haven't heard. It's not a story about soccer specifically, so even if you're a soccer hater, I think you can get on board. This apparently is a real story, though. It happened. So, World Cup happens. USA gets knocked out, right? They get home, and even during the tournament, there was some talk about a young man named Gio Reyna, a player that wasn't getting a lot of playing time. Fans wondered why, what's going on, relationship with him and the coach, blah, blah, blah. They get home, and the coach, Greg Berhalter, goes to some event, some like leadership conference, and in front of 200 people talks about a player that they had benched or didn't play as much because he wasn't as focused or he hasn't practiced well or whatever. With all the stories that had been out there, everybody knew who he was talking about, even if he didn't say Gio Reyna's name. So apparently this upset upset a couple people, specifically his mother, Gio Reyna's mom. So she goes soccer mom on this one, and Danielle Reyna apparently then contacts the U.S. Soccer Federation. And I'll be honest, I haven't read through the full timeline. Maybe it was during the World Cup. Maybe it was after the World Cup. But at some point, there are sources that think she called up and said, hey, I'm going to release a story about the coach. 
if my son doesn't get playing time. That's at least the idea that's been thrown out there. She was upset because she knew there was something in the coach's past that he got forgiven for, and she didn't think it was fair that her son wasn't being forgiven for his, for whatever you know issues he had. I know. Then the story gets out that Greg Berhalter, when he was 18 years old, had a situation with his then-girlfriend where he ended up kicking her in the legs. I know that because he released the story along with his now wife, the same woman. They have now been married for 25 years, Zay. They have four children. He got counseling. By the way, it broke them up. The incident broke them up at the time. He went and got counseling. And then seven months later, she contacted him. They both told their families what happened and all that. She contacted him. They reconciled. They built the life back up. And then they've gone 25 years, four kids. Their family knows about it. Their children know what happened. No authorities were ever involved in this story. But now the soccer federation, U.S. soccer, is going to do a full investigation before they determine whether he gets to still be the coach. Yeah, in 2023, you got to do stuff like that. And yeah, it's just a real messy. Dirty story. It's weird. Now, and outside of that whole story, I wonder if I'm a soccer player, do I want him to be my coach if he's going to go mouth into 200 randos about what's going on in our locker room? Right. That might be the bigger issue sports-wise in that story. So we'll see what happens. Greg Berhalter, and by the way, Claudio Reyna is his dad, and Claudio Reyna does work for Austin FC, Verde and Black, and, and all that stuff. But... That story is so gross and silly, we're going to just leave it off to the side and we'll put it in the crap bag today. The other story that definitely belongs in the crap bag is this Dana White story. Zay, before I mentioned it to you today, had you seen this Dana White slap story thing? Yeah, I saw Dana White. Come on, dog. I couldn't write this kind of thing if I wanted to. You may have seen the ads the last couple of weeks. There's a show coming on TBS called Power Slap Road to the Title. It was supposed to air January 11th. There's literally a sport that is developed now where two guys, and I don't know if they have a women's division or not, but I've just seen guys doing it. They're facing each other like they'd be arm wrestling, but they're literally open hand slapping each other. And I guess you wear a mouthpiece and you figure out if you can take the slap or whatever. I haven't watched enough to know what it really is. They have taken it off their schedule, but now they're saying it will air January 18th instead of the 11th. If you missed the Dana White story... There's a video, TMZ and others have it, of Dana and his wife in Cabo over New Year's. She slapped him in the face, then he slapped her in the face. Then apologized for it, said, I, t- I have to eat this whole thing. It's the, fir- it's the first time it's ever happened in our relationship, but I understand everybody's going to rip on me, so go ahead and rip on me. And then, Zay, it just so happens that he is part of the organization of this league that's about to go on television where dudes slap each other. Yeah, it's not a good look at all. I don't really care what he apologizes about. That never should ever happen. And she hits you, run away. Take off Ooh, running. Yeah, just just t- take off running. I'm so glad I've never been in that situation. I've oh, ne- me too. I've never been in Cabo, in front of a bunch of people, drinking with my woman, and my woman slaps me in the face in front of everybody. I would love to tell everybody how I would react. I'd love to tell you how I want to react, but I don't know how I'd react. Yeah. I don't. 
I just don't. Um, but that gets caught on tape, and now Dana White, I guess. So if you're TBS, they still have 12 days to really decide. There are those in the industry. Jeremy Botter is a guy that follows MMA very closely, and he is talking to Warner Media sources that are telling him this thing is dead. They're just trying to get paperwork done to officially kill it. So there are those that believe you're never going to see this slap league on television with Dana White promoting it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I would say to those guys who were training for these slapping competitions and the champions and stuff, at least you got car fighting. Oh, so that's... there's somewhere a Pontiac Coupe de Ville that you could wrestle in and beat the hell out of somebody and still have a really good career. Out. I would think open hand slapping's allowed. Yeah. In that world. Yeah. You get a good open hand slapping. That's a start. That's a start. Yeah, you did tell us about the car fighting in where are we at in society one day. <laughs> I have not watched it since though. I want to tell you, I've stayed away from it. I've stayed away from it. But if somebody ever fully explained those rules to me, I might be interested. I might be interested. Oh, the other question I had off of that was what if you have a fight that's so physical it actually activates an airbag? What happens then? Is that, good? is that good or bad? Can I purposely, if I slam him against the dash and the airbag deploys and like shoots him into the back seat, is that good for me or is that bad for me? Yeah, it's basically like bringing a chair somewhere, throwing somebody through a table and wrestling. So why not? Uh, why am I trying to make that sport no holds barred? <laughs> I am trying to make that sport into like a cage match every single time. All right, so there are your two stories. Wildness in the international soccer world. We'll see what the U.S. men's national team does with that. They've got a couple friendlies coming up in later in January. The assistant coach is going to be their interim. And Burhalter does say he wants to be the coach. He wants to be the head coach of the national team. Can you explore forgiveness 31 years later for something an 18-year-old did and he's still married to the woman 25 years later and four kids and all that stuff. Will will they explore uh, a little you know a little forgiveness there? We'll see. All right, coming up your one o'clock hour. It will start with Brandon Lang. BrandonLang.com. We'll get his thoughts on the games of the week coming up at uh, 1:30. Our flex segment, looking at that All American game coming up tomorrow. There are some great talent from the area that'll be in the game. There's some great talent that will be Texas Longhorns that will be in the game. We'll get you some of that list as well. So stay with us. It's the horn.